Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace show, where we're creating a conversation for what God's doing through Christians in the marketplace. I'm Sean Bowles, and my co-host is Bob Hassan. We interview everyday influencers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs from all areas of industry, exposing you to powerful stories of what God's doing through people just like you. We're also sharing our thoughts about what God's doing in finance, business, entertainment, and politics. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. Sean, what are we talking about today? Who do we have on? You know, it's really interesting because I don't know if you remember this, but during coronavirus, there was a man who actually wrote for USA Today from an evangelical kind of background, and he was involved with the church. And he was trying to make a case during USA Today, he was writing for them saying, maybe we should care about each other if we get the vaccination or not. And I personally got it. And I think it's important that we think about it. And it wasn't, we didn't really have the science on it yet. And because he took such a stand, his church laid him off or fired him within a week. And then it became a national news story next to Afghanistan and other things that were happening at the time. And he really pulled into loving the church instead of being bitter and going, see, because he could have become like a social commentator for just a news magazine or something. But he stayed as a pastor. He stayed involved with evangelical church and, and just loves it. And I just think it's really interesting. But I think a lot of our listeners are probably going through similar challenges. I just want to tell you about Dan Darling is a man's name, Daniel Darling, who's an award-winning writer. He's a best-selling author of 15 books and a leader who regularly appears on networks such as MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, and CBN. I've seen him on several of these before I ever talked to him. A regular contributor to USA Today and a columnist for World Magazine. His work's also been featured by Washington Post. It just goes on and on and on. Wow. He hosts a weekly podcast called The Way Home, and he leads the Land Center for Cultural Engagement in Dallas and speaks all around the country. And so I think he's a really unique voice because he's teaching people how to bridge those gaps when we don't agree politically, we don't agree on certain tenets of faith that aren't the core ones. How do we still have relationship and how do we not go through the brokenness? And he's on a podcast like ours. I mean, he's very diverse. He's in mainstream Christianity. So I think, I think our listeners, you guys need to hear maybe someone in Daniel's world who might be able to bring you further on your journey than you've been able to get to with just your local community because he's thinking through things in an expertise way that I've really benefited from. So up next is Daniel Darling. I'm Sean Bowles. And I'm Bob Hassan. Sean and I are doing our first ever Exploring the Marketplace Business Summit at Jesus Culture in San Diego, California. Now, this is going to be one of the best things we've ever done, Bob, because we're inviting friends who've both been on the show, but are other types of people in the marketplace, Mm -hmm. who own businesses, who are influencers, to come together and do panel talks, TED Talk type teaching, also full sessions with incredible worship from Jesus Culture, which is your home church in San Diego, California. You don't want to miss out on this because we don't want to host events a lot. This is like one of those things that we're doing because we feel it's time to do it and it has a prophetic urgency on it so come join us go to bowlsministries.com come join us on october 20th and 21st you do not want to miss this well welcome back we're here with dan darling dan thank you so much for being with us how are you today i'm doing well and uh, so excited to be on here with you guys i'm glad you're here dan because i had you on my other show the sean bull show and i just thought what you're doing and how you're trying to lead the conversation and the body of Christ for how to bridge huge gaps of differences and places of conflict. And we just went through the Rona. We just went through, you know, political stuff like racism and we've political stuff like, you know, even whether it's America with uh, Republicans and, and Democrats or whether it's other nations. And there's not many people talking into that space. Like you, you, your book is called Agents of Grace. There's not many people talking to that space and actually lending their credibility and lending their voice to that because usually it becomes very polarized, even if it's a non-polarized talk. And so I was really impressed with the book. I've, I've read through the book 
And then also you have the Way Home podcast, which I think is so phenomenal. But let's talk about like, why did you go from, I mean, just normal pastoring, authoring, speaking into trying to help people become agents of grace? Like, tell us your backstory. Tell us like, where did you get involved with this kind of messaging? Well, I mean, first of all, I've always been interested in um, this topic a little bit. I mean, I've written, you know, my other books I was, I've written, um, for instance, I wrote the book Away With Words talking about kind of how we should conduct ourselves online and, and sort of the incivility that's in American society at large. Yeah. But this book, Agents of Grace, was really born out of, you know, as you mentioned, the last, I'd say, four to five years or more, um, Christians have been really divided about a lot mm-hmm. of things. Uh, COVID, um, you know, Trump, uh, politics, you know, racial tensions, all those things. And I've been distressed to see that you know, I have friends, you probably have the same experience, I'm sure our listeners do, where I have friends who um, agree on almost uh, most everything, at least the big things, but they don't talk to each other anymore because they have a disagreement about politics or about something else, and they yeah. just don't talk to each other anymore. Um, I, have, I have photos that come up on Facebook memories sometimes, and I'm like, wow, those people wouldn't even be in the same room anymore. And I just think it's, it's really sad that we have allowed a temporary moment to destroy lifelong friendships. And I, what I want to do is really plead to hang on to your friendships if you can. What does it look like for Christians to love? What does it look like to forgive? Um, how do we avoid cynicism? What are the fights worth having? What are the fights not worth having? I think as a leader, whether you're leading an organization or business or anything, you have to really model this and you have to make those decisions uh, and really think what, what are the things worth fighting for? What are things worth, you know, worth being open-handed about? It's interesting in this culture, uh, all the things that you talked about, what I'm seeing is people putting uh, issues above relationships mm-hmm. and uh, putting their flag in the sand and saying, I'm going to die on this issue. And, and so tell, tell us, our listeners and viewers, what do you think the systemic cause of the disunity that we're having, not only in the church, but in the country is? Well, I think we're in a, in a highly disruptive age. Um, you, you know, Mark Sayers, who wrote a great book on leadership, he says that we're in this kind of gray zone. And, uh, you know, you've had the um, digital revolution, the digital age, mm-hmm. you've had a, a worldwide pandemic. And uh, these are highly disruptive events. Uh, I think there's also a loss of trust in society. Mm-hmm. Just uh, every institution is facing a deficit of trust. Um, because many of our institutions have failed us from business to church, to government, to, um, the media and everything. And so we're facing that loss of trust. So every leader, every person, you know, you enter your position at a deficit of trust that has to be earned. Um, so I think all that plus, you know, it's never been easier to communicate. So the, the path between a thought and a expressed thought is really short now. And you could just say, so all that kind of is a toxic mix that I think is affecting a lot of our institutions and including Christians. And I think one of the ways that I talk about this as a Christian, you can be countercultural is if you are a bridge builder and you are someone who is willing to say, yeah, we have deep disagreements here, but I'm not willing to um, let go of these friendships. I'm willing to try to build bridges um, and love people, even though I disagree with them. You know, I think it's really interesting too that not only have you talked about this, but like let's talk about your personal story because you don't get invested in 
mm-hmm. people breaking lifelong relationships unless you care about lifelong relationships. What's your relational circle like? And what what kind of led you down this path? Like, was there a, a personal point where it was like, wait, this shouldn't be happening like this, we should be fighting more, we should for our connection or what where, where this like, it, this obviously doesn't come from zero, it comes from somewhere that got yeah. placed in you. Well, there was a catalyzing event uh, in the fall of 20, in the late summer of 21, I was let go from my position Mm. um, because, Mm. you know, I'm a writer and speaker um, and I wrote a column for USA Today. I contribute to USA Today and I've written about a lot of things. You know, I I read about a lot of controversial, you know, topics. How how should we think about those? And so I wrote about the vaccine and I just, the column, the point was, Hey, look, I get why people are skeptical of it. Here's why, here's why there's skepticism. And remember this was, this was like summer of 21. So we didn't even know as much that yeah. we know now about some of those things. And I said, here, I get why people are skeptical. We have to be understanding, but here's why I got it. And, and I went through a few reasons. And then I just said, Hey, I, I don't, um, I'm not telling you to get it, but just talk to your doctor about it. I did that. And then I went on TV and basically said the same thing. I was actually defending people who were skeptical and saying, Hey, there's reasons for this. Uh, well, I got let go because I was, was apparently not supposed to be advocating for the vaccine, which really wasn't a, um, a policy that we had. In fact, our organization had advocated pretty strongly, but anyways, I didn't intend for it to be public, but it did become public. And, you know, for about a week and a half, I was kind of the center of the news. There was like three news stories. It was like Afghanistan, COVID, and then me which is wow. really a wow. surreal experience. Every major news network covered, you know, it was just like, it was just like the perfect angle, right? Like evangelical fired by evangelical organization for the vaccine. So, yeah. you know, I had a choice in that moment and um, I could either really maximize the moment to get my pound of flesh, to go on, you know, kind of a revenge tour like a lot of folks do to, condemn the organization I was with to, you know, write a thing or talk about how evangelicals are the worst, you're terrible people and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or I could choose to forgive and I could choose to talk about unity. And I really tried, I I just felt the Lord telling me to do the latter. And so I actually tried to use that platform to say, you know, Christians are, are dividing over really uh, uh, tertiary things. And we, we, we need more Christian unity. And uh, that was sort of a catalyst for this book. I tell the story. I don't, that story isn't the crux of the book, but I do talk about it. And I talk about um, another betrayal I had about, you know, a decade or more ago, um, maybe about 12 years ago, and and how I was able to to work through that. I have a whole chapter on forgiveness and, you know, why we have to release that bitterness. Otherwise, it'll affect everything we do. I have seen leaders up close. I've worked with a lot of leaders, uh, people you would know. I've seen people up close who could not let go of bitterness and it affected their leadership. It affected their friendships. It affected their relationships. And forgiveness is different than reconciliation. Sometimes you can't reconcile because it takes two. I think we should pursue that as where we can, but it's not always possible. And it's not the same as trust. You know, sometimes someone hurts us deeply you know, we may not trust them for a while, right? If the church treasurer runs off the, with the money, we're going to forgive him, but we're not going to put, make him church treasurer again, you know? <laughs> yeah. that, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, but forgiveness is baseline and we can do it only because Christ forgave us. Mm-hmm. And, and if, if we don't release that to the Lord, uh, it will affect everything we do. I've seen people, um, 
just ruined by that. And and I I found in my own life it's it's less of a um one time thing. It's more of a habit. When Jesus says you know, forgive seventy times seven, he's not giving Peter a formula or or a checklist. He's saying it's a rhythm. Every time that memory wow. comes up, every time they have wow, an opportunity so to, to to turn the screws. So I really wanted to use this platform to talk about these issues and say, here's the things I've been through. You know, also to say, contrary so much what's out there. I mean, every day there's another book saying evangelicals are terrible. The movement is terrible, blah, blah, blah. There are some critiques to be made. But I wanted to say in this book, look, I'm not cynical. I think God is at work among our people. Um, I've grown up in the church and I'm not mad about it. I, I love going to church and here's why and all that stuff. So there's a lot of that in there, a lot of my personal story. Dan, you know, I think you're you're hitting the nail on the head. Our number one tenet of our faith is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And and I think that we have lost that in the church community. Uh, and, and I think people mix up trust and mix up re- reconciliation like you're talking about. Uh, with forgiveness. And, you know, Sean and I talk to leaders that you would know, and we see bitterness not only affecting their leadership style, like you said, but their health. Yeah. And, and, and so in your opinion, what is the way for us to get back to an attitude of forgiveness? You know, in this podcast, we, we talk to business leaders and church leaders and, and we hear, we hear these stories and, part of the breakthrough for people is when they've made the decision, the choice to forgive. And uh, do you have some keys about how to go about that? Well, yeah, I think, I think for one, um, there's a couple things to think about. Um, when I had a betrayal, when I was pastoring a church, I was a young pastor and, um, the church I grew up in, um, uh, you know, I decided to just do a, a different model of, of church of, of ministry, and um, they disowned me. They publicly spoke against me. You know, all my networks were gone. I was really, wow. you know, as a yeah. young guy, I was like, "Man, are they right? Maybe I shouldn't. I should quit." You know, they're saying I, you're disqualified for ministry. I mean, over over really tertiary things. This was not a, anything major. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a I had a mentor call me, and he said, "Look." you're not quitting. First of all, I'm not going to let you. And number two, you know, he said, they're right and you're, they're wrong and you're right, but you, you need to forgive. You need to work on this right now, you know, while it's hot. And um, I didn't want to hear that. A couple of things <laughs> I've thought, a couple of things I've thought about. I said, number, I think number one, you need to have a community of close friends exactly. and you need, you need to have a community. I have a network of close friends when I've gone through stuff that I can talk mm-hmm. to them, get advice, get encouragement. It's so important. I think the second thing is, and this is so important, whatever whatever line of work you're in, whatever your calling is, don't make decisions when you're emotional. Yeah. You will make terrible decisions. That's right. Uh, in in the fog of anger and 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 all of that, like don't make major life decisions in that moment. You'll make bad decisions. I I, I mean, don't make those snap decisions. I think the third thing is to you know, over time, you know, you know, ask the Lord, what is he showing you? What is he bringing you to? What is he wanting you to do? Um, and, you know, deciding that you are not going to, um, 
pursue anger and vengeance. I think it's one thing to defend yourself. And I think it's okay to defend yourself. If you're asked Mm -hmm. to tell your story, your story is your story. It's another thing to, to, to really want to get that pound of flesh. And really there's a thin line between, um, being prophetic and being resentful. You know, some people say, I'm just being prophetic. I'm just saying hard words. This is what people need to hear. Sometimes people do need to hear that. But you got to check your heart and say, is this because I'm just trying to get back and trying to seek vengeance? So I think all those things are super important. Having a community around you is vital. Having people around you who could speak into your life, even people who are friends who are for you, who could nevertheless say, you know, I wouldn't do that. Or "Mm, have you thought about that? You know, what's interesting is the first, um, the first thing that brings to mind is that my wife and I led for about 12 years, a pastor network that was just kind of, it wasn't official. It was just young emerging leaders who were pastoring either one or multiple congregations in their city from around the world. We had people from Dubai and people from Korea and people from South America and here, you know, Brazil. And, and there's about uh, 50 to 70 couples, depending on the year, we would pay for the whole retreat. And it was a place to where they could build outside because most leaders, whether it's in business or church, right. only build relationships with people who, who they employ. It's just or their immediate family. So we're trying to just give some peer-to-peer resourcing. And what was interesting is the first year that somebody would come, they would have that breakdown, maybe in their marriage or with some issues with their family, where they just hadn't had a place to be safe enough to say, we're not okay. Usually by the second year, they would start to like have a collapse by the time they were with us. Usually it would happen a couple of weeks before they came to the retreat. And they'd have a collapse to where they're like, oh my gosh, I don't even want to be a pastor anymore. <laughs> or like my, the wife would be like, I hate this or that, you know, whatever. I, I don't want to be in ministry. And we would watch people go through like a process where they had that close group of relationships mm-hmm. where they finally had a place to talk that is like organic and isn't just a therapist, which I love therapy, but it isn't just a therapist, but actually other people understand like we, we can barely, we're, we're cash negative all the time, but we have this incredible buildings and resources, but we don't have cash. And they just have someone to talk to who goes, oh my gosh, I remember when we went through that or we're going through that too. Mm -hmm. And I love what you're talking about because as a young man, the fact that you pressed into relationship, I have seen more young business leaders and more young pastors Mm -hmm. check out and just go into this, like, I'm going to ride or die with myself, Jesus and me, versus having some ride or dies with, with friends. And they check out and then they start, it starts to get a little bit corrupt. And so we wonder like, you know, you see all these people who are failing all over in business space, you're seeing it in the evangelical world, you're seeing it in the Catholic world, people who are failing have been doing leadership in life so lonely or so alone for so long. And that, that that's just that fruit isn't the tree, the root system is like, isolation, disconnection from relationship, unforgiveness, all these things you're talking about. And I'm so glad you brought it up. Because just in your example of like, we should be able to not put the things that aren't main subjects, on the main altar of our friendship. Like this is, this should not be, this should be something that we know where to compartmentalize this. We know where to put this. And I, almost all of my friends, I have some pretty major disagreements with in some area, but I mean, I I know enough to where I need them to where I'm not going to let that kill the love and kill what God's put in the relationship because they are not me. And I don't want someone who's me to be relationship with. I want someone who's someone else. So I love that you're saying this. I want to talk about a little bit about as you've released this book now, and even when you were talking about, like, I actually bought your book for a friend of mine, your other book, um, who's kind of like an internet troll, but he's a great guy, but he's mm-hmm. just an internet troll. And so I remember, and I didn't know you at the time, I hadn't interviewed yet. I just read a little bit about the book. I was like, he needs to read this. He's in his 50s and he doesn't know, he doesn't have any protocol like when it comes to his voice online. And he would never say those things in real life. So I'm like, I'm going to buy this for him, see how, and he read it and was like, 
oh, people who do that are terrible. <laughs> I'm like, no, yeah. I bought this intentionally for you, but I didn't know how to tell them any more than that other than like, I was intentional, you know. Talk about like when you share these subjects, who, when you, and especially with your target audience, what have you seen change or move forward? Like what is the feedback? Well, I think people are really, um, really exhausted and they're really like, how do we, how do, you know, people are fighting. How do we put this together? Um, how do we love each other through these things? Uh, people are nervous about the next election. How do they sort of keep their church together and keep people, you know, uh, engaged? And I, look, I, I advocate even in the book for engagement. We, we have this great stewardship as Christians. We can shape our communities, shape our cities, shape our country. I mean, people in North Korea and China and other places wish they had what we had to do that. So I think as a stewardship, we have to be engaged. We should be bold on issues and things. But how do we do it in a way uh, that is redemptive? How do we do it in a way that doesn't divide the body of Christ? People have difference of opinion on things. Um, so I, that's resonating, I think, with a lot of folks. And I, I do think the cynicism piece, you know, of we're fed so much cynicism. We're, we're, we're sort of catechized by headlines. You know, uh, and there are negative headlines and we do have messes in our own house and that we have to clean up, but faithfulness doesn't make the headlines. You know, the Christian business owner that is helping his community and <laughs> providing jobs and it's tithing so and going to church every week and surf, serving on the church board, he's not going to make headlines. Yeah. The pastor who's faithful for 25 years in his church, the mom who, um, raising her kids and bringing them to school and helping in the community, that's not going to make headlines. And so if we're not careful, we think that's all that there is. Mm -hmm. And um, instead of seeing, you know, what God is doing in the world, I think God is active in the world today. It's not just yesterday, uh, but he's doing uh, great work in the world today. I also wanted to re return a little bit to one thing I said, you know, it, if you're going through a hard thing and you're trying to process through it, like I went through with being fired like that. Um, aside from the things I said, I also think it's important for us to, even though we, we should pursue forgiveness, we do need to process through what we've lost sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, it's okay. It's, it's, it's good and right. There's two things that are intention. I think as a leader, as a Christian, on the one hand, um, we need to develop resilience, you know, and say, okay, we can get through this. God is going to guide us through this. Uh, God doesn't promise that he's going to leave us alone. So if I've, my business is failing, if I've, this, this issue's happening, God can get me through this, but it's okay to grieve what we've lost, yeah. right? If, if you have lost a friendship, if you've lost a season, there's been times in my life where one sort of season has come to an end and, you know, it, it's okay to take space to grieve it and say, I really missed that. Um, you know, we moved from Tennessee to Texas this year. And we love Texas. We love being here in Fort Worth. Our kids really love it, but we love Tennessee and we're really grieving some of the things were uh, there. You know, I, I lost my mom a couple months ago, passed mm -hmm. away. So and I, man, I, I know my mom is a believer and I know because of the resurrection at the end of the age, I'm going to see her at the end of the age. She's going to have a body that's not going to disappoint and fail her anymore, but I'm grieving the loss of my mom. Mm -hmm. And so it's okay to grieve what we've lost. And yet I think we need also need to develop God wants to develop in us a, a kind of resilience that if that makes sense. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I think resilience and character, uh, you know, in, in, in our body uh, needs to be talked about. Character is let your yes be yes, your no be no. Mm -hmm. Let people know that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. 
I just so appreciate, Dan, everything that you've said. How do our listeners and viewers get a hold of you and find your book? So uh, a couple of ways you can visit my website, danieldarling.com, and uh, you can find links to my book there. Uh, you can follow me if you wish on social media, if you if you could put up with all my sports takes, especially during the NFL season. Um, <laughs> you know, Twitter, Instagram, all that up there, newsletter, uh, danieldarling.com. You can get the book anywhere you buy books, whether it's Amazon, Barnes Noble, independent bookstore, whatever. Um, any of those uh, will will work. Well, again, that book's name is called Agent of Grace with Daniel Darling. I want to encourage all of our viewers and listeners to get it. Dan, thanks so much for being on today. You've just been so enlightening. I love it. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, y'all. And I just love the work you're doing to uh, equip uh, marketplace leaders and ministry leaders. And uh, look, I think, um, you know, as leaders, we really need to get this right when it comes to forgiveness and unity, not just for our own selves, but people are following us, right? Yeah. So what we do, what leaders do in moderation, our followers, our employees, or whoever will do in excess, we're giving them a permission structure for how to act. So we have to get this right. Mm. Oh, I love that. Well, you heard it here. Up next is Final Thoughts with Sean and Bob. We're going to share and unpack some of what we learned today from Daniel. Thank you so much. I'm Sean Bowles, and I'm going to invite you to our Spiritual Growth Academy online, where you can attend a four-week class or an event every month Plus, our back catalog is available to you as well on spiritual gifts, especially hearing God's voice, and also a deeper connection to the Holy Spirit and how to walk with Him in real ways in the days we're living in right now. Come join us at Spiritual Growth Academy by going to bullsministries.com and clicking on the Academy button. Welcome back to Final Thoughts with uh, Sean and Bob. Sean, uh, that was quite an interview with respect to some different thinking I, I was so glad we had him on. Yeah, I was too, because I think, you know, as if you're leading a business or if you're in your career and you're having to make hard choices, some of our viewers, you guys and listeners, you had to make choices on maybe it was the vaccination thing that Dan talked about, uh, you know, the medical field or maybe you're in the military or whatever. And maybe maybe for some of you, it's even um, a political thing, like some of your family won't talk to you because of your political stand. And or some of your church family don't understand. We had groups of people leave our local church thinking it was too liberal or too and progressive or too Republican mm -hmm. and too right wing during all of the different. And I'm sure most pastors have talked, it's the same as we're going through all the 2020, 2021, 2022. And I didn't lose any because I'm, I'm not the senior pastor at this point. I, I've given over to our best friends who did a great job. But I didn't lose like a lot of core friends in a major way, but I lost connection to people based on different values that aren't core kingdom values. And it really hurt. It was really sad because I'm, I, I, you can reject my theology and reject some of the things I believe without rejecting me. I'm good with that, but not all people operate that way. And we watch people just rejecting each other, right and left, really good lifelong relationships, sometimes in their families themselves. And that's so painful to watch people lose their jobs, people lose their positions in their churches, people lose, you know, their, their church members, people lose their family connection because of all these things that have happened. And I think unforgiveness is rampant right now in society. Just there's yeah. so much bitterness and so much hurt. So it was really an interesting topic. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting topic. We, you know, Sean, you and I consult with church leaders all over the world. And, and it, it didn't matter which side uh, a, a church leader took 50% of the people were upset with him or yeah. her. And and so whether they were too progressive or, or too conservative, 
Um, well, they were too quiet or too loud. If you were just quiet, quiet loud, you, were, yeah. you, you lost. Yeah. You lost and, no matter what. And so we, we, we saw that. And, you know, we're thinking like, just focus on the gospel, focus on what Jesus would do, focus on the tenet of our faith, which is forgiveness. I, you know, I had, I think I've talked about this on the show before, but I had this, this uh, negotiation that I flew with my team up to. And when we walked into, when we walked into the meeting room, uh, this person on the other side would just start yelling and screaming at us. And I, you know, I, I did not have too many choices. I could have cried because I don't like being yelled at. I could have gone over the table at him because I wanted to beat his head in. Or, you know, God gave me this other option to, and, and I stood up and said, hey, I'm not going to participate in a disrespectful conversation. My team and I are going to go outside for 15 minutes. If you want in good faith to continue this conversation in a respectful way, we will. And man, when we got out there, my team was, let's let's get on a plane, let's leave, let's sue these yeah. people. And I, I was, you know, pretty uh, steadfast in what the Lord told me. And so when we walked back in, you know, before before I sat down, this man set up, said, listen, I'm Bob, I'm sorry, I don't operate in business this way. I've been under a tremendous amount of stress. Wow. Um, I want to participate in respectful conversation. I want to get a deal done, which we did, mm. which is a, it's an amazing story in itself. But 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 the thing that we need to realize when we have a betrayal or we have conflict is God is a higher authority than whatever the issue or whatever, or whatever the conflict or whatever the betrayal is. Yeah. And he's clear. Uh, like Dan said, Jesus said to forgive 70 times seven. And so it is a process and, and our attitude has to be humble uh, with respect to dealing with conflict and other people. And I don't see that happening still to this day. And the church needs to get back to that. Oh, it's so good. And I think when you're saying that it's, it's, when I've been in conflicts with people, I just think we do have a father in heaven. And when you have a good caregiver, like my dad and mom were really good at advocating for us when we were little, like if there's bullying or something say it happened with our teachers, they were in the office. They were in the office of the teacher, the principal, whoever it was. Yeah. And they were, they were part of the process and they were, and they were doing it not just to advocate for me, but to find the best case scenario. And I think when we have a father in heaven that a lot of people haven't learned that yet, that part of him that he's really good in conflict. Mm -hmm. Like he gave you an alternative somehow supernaturally or spiritually that you didn't have on the table. Like who would have thought to go out of the room for 15 minutes and give them time to calm down and kind of give, give the, the a moment of rest where the Holy spirit was working or whatever was happening. Most people would just leave and sue most people or, or fight back or whatever, you know, fight or flight. So I think I think I love that example because maybe you're watching right now. You're in a conflict, and the only solutions you have on the table are things you can think of, or yeah. things that a business meter could do. And that's not we have a father in heaven who thinks of things that are like a third option, a creative option, mm -hmm. a spiritual option that can bring a different resolution than maybe you've ever had before. So I think forgiveness also leans into trusting God. Absolutely. Forgiveness isn't just like I'm going to make a choice to let this person go and release them and. I'm releasing to God. I'm releasing that God will deal with them, that there will be ultimate justice for me in my life, whether I see it in their life or not, it doesn't matter. In my life, I trust God. And I think just forgiveness works for anybody, but when you do it as a Christian and you're doing it with God and you're doing it in participation of the Holy Spirit, I think you get a result out of it and a healing out of it that you just can't get if you're not a Christian. Yeah, it's that's not the exact same result. Yep, yeah, that's incredible. And I think... 
Christians means we're little Christs, which means that we're apprentices or we're ambassadors of Christ. Mm -hmm. And if, if we're apprentices, then what we're doing is we're learning to be like Christ. If we're ambassadors, then we're, then we're taking his life and spreading it around. And, and his life was, was full of forgiveness. And, and so if you're dealing with issues, if you're dealing with betrayal, if you're dealing with friendships that, that uh, have been broken, take the first step to restoration uh, in your heart to forgive them and then reach out and grab, grab those friendships or relationships back. This is, this is the tenet of our faith. Yeah, I agree. If it can be reconciled, reconcile it. And if it can't release it to God in a real way, exactly. well, I'm so glad you guys were here with us today. Thanks for listening or watching Exploring the Marketplace with Bob and I. We love leading into these conversations. And every week we get to tell you about our partnership program, which is where you get to make this show with us. And this is an incredible opportunity to where you get to finance us being able to be a ministry that's worldwide sharing with people who are in the marketplace. And we have listeners in Singapore and China and Australia and New Zealand. And I mean, all over the place, Bob. Bob, there's people listening. China, we're in the top 50 Christian podcasts because people care about the marketplace and people care about what Christianity looks like in the marketplace right now. So I want to encourage you, help us to make this show by going to bowlsministries.com and click on give and you can become a monthly partner or you can become just a one-time donor. But if you become a monthly partner, we get to give back to you. And I want to encourage you, go on the journey with us and help to populate the world with stories and testimonies that actually cause people to learn what it is to grow in their spirituality in the marketplace. We'll see you next time. Thanks for exploring what God is doing in the marketplace with us. We have amazing resources for you on our website with free videos, take an online class with us at our online school, Spiritual Growth Academy, or get one of our books, including the one Bob and I authored together, Wired to Hear. We have lots of ways to connect with you. Come visit us on social media. Just look for at Sean Bowles or at Bob Hassan or visit BowlesMinistries.com. This show is made possible by listeners just like you. Become a partner or donate now to become part of our team. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it on your socials or help us review it on the podcast server you found us on. See you next time.